speak to you in the name of the risen Lord. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. Great to see all of you here on this beautiful, beautiful day. We've heard it said several times in the last few days, Easter is too early this year. I'm not ready. It's still too cold. I watched the children coming in this morning with their winter coats over their nice new Easter outfits. The trees and the flowers are not in bloom. Sometimes, some of us, the garden has not even been dug or planted. At my house, a snow shovel is still sitting on the front porch, just in case. I'm not ready. It may give you a little comfort to know that the next time Easter is this early is the year 2228. <laughs> so we are safe. For many of us, this is a recurring theme that runs through much of our lives. One of my daughters, expecting her first child, said to me, Dad, I'm not sure I'm ready to be a parent. And I said, that's okay, honey, because I'm sure not ready to be a grandparent. But here we go. Wouldn't life be empty? If the only things we received were the things for which we felt ready. We're never ready for the changes and the challenges that come to us. Someone said to me the other day that her 89-year-old father had recently died. And she said, it may sound strange, but the truth is, I'm still not ready. I'm still not ready to have my life without him in it. I think we all understand what she was saying. I know for me, I'm not ready to leave this community in about eight weeks' time. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to leave all the people whom I have known and loved, people who have loved and supported me through all of these years. My Dear sisters and brothers in Christ who have come to mean so very much to me, people with whom I've shared so much, very tough times and glorious times, and all those wonderful, wonderful, ordinary times in between. To leave this table where we gather week after week to be fed by the bread of life. It's hard to let go of something or someone, and God knows that you love, and God knows I'm not ready. For me, only one thing makes this possible, to let go of what is known and loved and move into a future unready and unprepared. And that is the God of Easter, the God of resurrection, the God whose mercies are new every morning, the God of new beginnings and unlimited possibilities, the God whose love defeats every enemy, even death itself. 
Mary Magdalene was certainly not ready for what she found at the tomb on that first Easter morning. She went in the darkness to visit a grave, to mourn what was lost, the hopes and the dreams that had died on the cross. She expected nothing more than a sad farewell. For her, it was just another sad ending, more of life's disappointments and failures. We've all been there with Mary, that place where our hopes and our dreams seem to come to an end. Some of us even begin to be conditioned for disappointment. Some become cynical about life and its possibilities. Even today, even for those of us who live with such amazing abundance in our lives, it's easy to lose hope in what lies ahead. Now Mary is certainly someone who has known hurt and failure. But you see, something had happened to Mary, and that is that she had fallen in love with Jesus. She fell in love with the one who was willing to forgive all her failures, with the one who saw who she really was and loved her anyway, the one who could love even the unlovable, the one who cared about those whom everyone else would disdain, the one who announced that the kingdom of God was for everyone, even her. She fell in love, and she allowed herself to hope Now, in the thin light of the breaking dawn, she came to the grave where all of her dreams were buried. And there something happened. In her sad heart, empty of hope and expectation, something happened. Not in the grave, not in the empty tomb. The miracle happened in her own heart. Her fear, her sorrow, her deep disappointment is transformed into hope and joy and faith and amazing courage. She is the one who is transformed. In a sense, it is Mary who is resurrected. Though she was not ready for it, nonetheless, her new life began where her old life ended. St. Paul says that we are raised with Christ in his resurrection. And so, it was, and so it was for Mary, and so it is for us today. I love the part of the story that tells us that this great Easter miracle happens not in a great cloud of smoke announced by a chorus of angels, but in the simplest, most ordinary kind of human exchange. A stranger. Someone she mistakes for the gardener says her name, Mary. She is known. She is recognized by the one she loves. He sees her for who she is. Yes, the hurt and the disappointment, but most of all, for the love. And her response is simply one of recognition. Rabboni, Rabbi. To be seen and understood for who we are by the one whose love is without end that is the Easter moment. Easter happens in that moment of mutual recognition and everything changes. Love is alive and hope is reborn.
Can you imagine such a moment? We have very little to compare it with. The closest thing I could think of was something that happened to a mother who lost a son in Vietnam. His dog tags were returned to her, funeral services were held, followed by years and years of grief and sorrow. One day, when that long, bitter war finally ended and the POWs were released, the phone rang. And a familiar voice said simply, Mom, her son had been a prisoner all those years. And when he spoke her name, when he called her Mom, everything changed. Something inside her changed. Her heart began to beat again. Easter happens for each one of us in that moment when we know that the one we love, the one who loves us, Jesus of Nazareth, is alive and calls us each by name and will love us to eternity. You see, what I believe is simply this, that what lasts is love. God's love for us and our love for one another, which is God's greatest gift to us. And not even death can prevail against it. I've read these stories many times over the years. And what struck me this year is something that is perfectly obvious, yet I think extremely important. In every story, the people who tell of encountering the risen Christ are all people who already love him. Mary and John, Peter and the unnamed disciples on the road to Emmaus have all followed Jesus and loved him. There are no resurrection appearances to Pilate or Caiaphas as some sort of cosmic act of condemnation. No appearances to the crowds who shouted crucify him, crucify him as some ultimate vindication. No, it is to those who knew him and loved him. You see, it's their love for him and his love for them that survives the cross and the tomb. You may come here this morning and think that you are not ready for Easter, ready to believe the Easter story. But if you know that love is stronger than death, that what we feel in the deepest place in our hearts can never really die, then, ready or not, you can begin to believe in Easter. You have, if you have a place in your heart for the love of God in Jesus Christ, the healer, the life giver, the lover of souls, then you have a place where Easter can be found. Because Easter happens in the hearts of those who love God. That love is not ours to possess or hold. The very first thing Jesus says to Mary after that moment of recognition is, do not hold on to me. The love of God in Jesus Christ cannot be contained or confined. It is not our possession. It is not the possession of an individual, or a religion, or a church, or a nation, or a philosophy, or a theology. It does not belong to us. The love of God in Christ is let loose in the world to bring hope and healing, freedom and peace to the hearts of men, women and children of every race, language, tribe and nation.
never cling to love. We can never hold on to love. It must be shared, it must be given away in order to live and grow. Every year, a few weeks before Easter, I get a phone call from some old friends. They've lived in many different places over the years. They now live in England. They call to catch up and also to remind me that they want to give the children's flowers at Easter in memory of their daughter, Jennifer. When two-year-old Jennifer died, I stood in this pulpit before a crowd full of people who came to say a sad farewell. And I tried to find words of comfort and hope for a family in deep, deep pain. I was not ready for that. My words were not enough, not nearly enough. All I could say to them and all I can say to you here this morning is what I truly believe, is that what lasts is love. God's love for us and our love for one another, which is God's greatest gift to us. And so I believe that Jennifer lives with the God who loves her and will love her to eternity. These little plants that Bill and Carol give every year are meant to be signs of that love that renews itself in due season. Each year, the Easter moment for me is when I get to hand them out to all these beautiful little children who are with us in the church. Because it's in giving it away that we find the joy that God offers us. And the children who receive these plants need to know that like the gift of love, if we hold on to the plant, put them in a safe place, they will wither away. The only way to keep them alive is to let them go, to plant them in good soil and let the sun and the rain nourish them and renew them. And so it is with the love of God we find here this morning. As we give it away, it grows. As we give our hearts to one another, as we share our love and reach out to those in need, as we offer ourselves and our gifts with generous hearts, the Easter moment continues to grow and to grow. You see, in the end, it really doesn't matter whether we feel like as though we are ready. All that matters is that we share the love that is in our hearts. Because love is what lasts. 